the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Cabuno, and it is December 7th, 2021, the 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And uh, we do have a little bit of lighter fare a little later in the show, but let's just start with the most important news of the day, and that is that anniversary. 80 years ago today, the day that will live in infamy, as former President Roosevelt famously once said, was so very important. So many people in the United States were on what was known as the America First movement, which was essentially an isolationist movement that did not want to take part in another costly and bloody world war. But we were dragged into it by the Japanese attack, and that changed the course of history for the better from that day forward. But it wasn't easy. Millions upon millions of men and women joined the cause to help defeat the evil forces that were running rampant across the globe. As a matter of fact, I heard a really, really interesting number just yesterday. There were 16 million men who enlisted and served at that time. And of that 16 million, there are only 250,000 surviving veterans left of that war. Another interesting fact is that Ohio ranks sixth on the list of surviving members, behind much more populous states like California, New York, Texas, Pennsylvania, and of course Florida, which probably has quite a few of our survivors living there now. But that just goes to show you that Ohio has a very strong sense of duty and purpose and respect for this country and for defending it, as we still do today. A very strong military tradition here. But I would say that the difference between the greatest generation and what we see today is that those veterans were more than happy to lay down their weapons because they only picked them up as a sense of duty, not as a lifestyle. They came back and they wanted to build a civilization. And most often, they didn't want to talk about their experiences because it was nothing they wanted to replicate and nothing they wanted to see again. The horrors and the atrocities of World War II were etched upon their brain forevermore, and that drove them, to my understanding, to make sure that we had a more peaceful and coalescing and understanding existence here in the States among our different factions. None of our differences were that great. And none of them required violence to solve. And so I guess this is this show's reminder. A reminder to hug, thank a veteran of that conflict if you are lucky enough to still know one of them today. Okay, a little lighter fare, or should I say a little sweeter. Because I had a chance to seek out and enjoy one of the hottest new culinary delights of the valley just last night. A pint of cockeye creamery ice cream. As a matter of fact... I knew that they were selling them out of the local Wedgwood Pizza here in Austintown, so instead of making the long sojourn up to Trumbull County, I just went right around the corner. And I gotta say, they have a freezer there that is well stocked with a bunch of options, and it didn't disappoint. Matter of fact, I mean, if you know me, then you know that I'm an ice cream, well, junkie, but I was gonna say connoisseur. And um, this is really high-level stuff. My favorite ice cream comes from Cincinnati. It's called Graders, if you don't know about it. And they make it in a very similar way, from what I understand, only about two and a half gallons at a time, known as the French pot process. 
I think I saw an interview the other day with one of the guys from Cockeye saying that they make it in those small batches and they have to be very careful to keep consistency. I picked up two pints because, you know, you weren't really going to be able to tell how good it was just from one flavor. You got to try them out. Unfortunately, one was good and one was not so good. I got berries and cream and I got candy cane. Sucker for a seasonal flavor. First was the candy cane. Absolutely awesome. Little green and red sprinkles of peppermint stick, and you could tell it was nice, cool, and crisp, minty flavor. Fantastic. Really, really creamy ice cream. High fat content. Just like all the good stuff. Set that one aside after a few bites and then had to try the other, of course. That's where things went wrong. Because coincidentally, I had just taken a bite of my Briar Hill pizza that I picked up at Wedgwood. And could have swore after I took a bite of the ice cream that I had a fennel seed in my mouth or something. Unfortunately, the truth was much, much worse. Berries and cream to the folks at Cockeye Creamery is not what you were thinking and not what I was thinking. And there needs to be a disclaimer on these. Because their idea of berries and cream is lingonberries with star anise flavor. I said to myself, this can't be right. And I took another bite, and it tasted the same. And then I looked at the ingredients list and saw the star anise, or however you like to pronounce it. I say anise. If you're not ready for one of Grandma's pizzelles, you don't want this. You don't want this flavor in your mouth, and it shouldn't be coming from ice cream. So while I can appreciate they are taking a very, very creative approach to their ice cream flavorants, much like Columbus's Jenny's does. If you don't know about them, check them out. Quite a high price point for ice cream, but they really do put amazing ingredients in there, like flowers and all types of essential oils. Trust me, it works on a lot of their flavor profiles. But this one, from Cockeye, not so much. Just beware, and don't say I didn't warn you. All that being said, I will probably get more of the candy cane. Quick note about a little sports, the ever-hateable Bill Belichick was able to just absolutely impose the Patriots' will upon the supposed next-in-line for the throne of the AFC, Buffalo Bills, last night. It was infuriating to watch, much like if you saw fellow Browns ex-coach Nick Saban impose his will on supposedly a far superior Georgia team during the Alabama-Georgia game this past weekend. Just goes to show you, these guys should never be bet against. They are the greatest of all time. They are infuriating. And you can never count them out as long as they're still on somebody's payroll. Makes me sick. In sports-related news, there is apparently going to be a diplomatic boycott from the U.S. of the upcoming Winter Olympics in China. Now, that doesn't mean that the athletes aren't going to go to participate, which I think would be a logical next step if they are that incensed at um, the human rights violations and all the other things going on in China that we object to as an American people. But I guess they decided they didn't want to take away the opportunity for the athletes to show off what they do and all they've trained for, and that we aren't exactly in a Hitler or Soviet Union era of severity and necessitating a full boycott. In infotainment news, a lot of stories have been coming up saying that 
They're wondering where Laura Logan has been ever since her horrendous comments about Dr. Fauci comparing him to the Nazi scientist and absolute devil in human form, Dr. Joseph Mengele, on air. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that she didn't even want to apologize and say, you know what, that was a little overblown. Just doubled down, actually was found to have blocked the Holocaust memorial site from Twitter when they were trying to learn her on her egregious and exaggerated claims. So maybe Fox is trying to put the lid on people who really overstep the bounds. You know, espousing the great race replacement theory on air as Tucker Carlson does on a nightly basis, seemingly. That's okay, but they got to put their foot down when you have an on-air personality describing one of the most revered public health officials in the nation as a Nazi. Glad to know they have standards somewhere. And lastly, speaking of big lies, and this is something I hope to get into more later in the week, especially with my upcoming appearance on the MLO Bros show this Thursday. Please check it out. A DC Guard official says that the Army generals lied egregiously about their response on January 6th during the committee's hearings. It's no coincidence that one of the Army generals that lied about how they quote-unquote responded to the emergency that day is Michael Flynn's brother. He is still employed by the Army, but the investigation should be underway as to how erroneous his statements were. The police captain who was on the call at the time said that the D.C. National Guard and National Guard units around the area were ready to go and that Army officials didn't want them brought in because of the optics. Now, we saw how easily the National Guard was employed time after time during the Trump administration and during George Floyd protests, but apparently attack on the nation's capital by his own people didn't warrant the same response. It's just one more step in trying to rewrite what happened on that day, minimize the severity, and just keep the train moving. In what direction? Well... It doesn't seem to be in any democratic direction, because if we don't remember January 6th for what it is, the GOP will successfully overturn a democratically held election in the next five years, guaranteed. And so on a side note, it was really, really good to see, I think yesterday, that a top GOP representative wants to reform the Electoral Count Act, which, no matter what your feelings on voter suppression at the polls, is far more important. Because this is voter suppression and nullification after votes have been cast. State legislatures, like the one here in Ohio, want to be able to throw out the slate of electors after votes have been tallied in the presidential election and send in their own, obviously for the candidate of their party, regardless of whether or not they got the most votes. That has got to be the most concerning thing not just on the Democratic agenda, but apparently now on the GOP agenda in certain circles as well. The GOP official said that Trump has taken it too far and shown that there is a precedent that he has set that will no doubt be tried to be emulated in the future and will essentially throw our democracy into a constitutional crisis that we haven't seen before. You know, no big deal. But we're going to keep an eye on it, and we'll be back with more as soon as I hear about it on another episode of the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. Be well.